0: Boston Metaphysical Society, a steampunk supernatural series following a team of paranormal detectives who battle supernatural forces in late 1800s Boston. They are Samuel Hunter, an ex Pinkerton detective, Caitlin O'Sullivan, a medium and spirit photographer, and Granville T. Woods, a genius scientist. All audio stories take place during the time of the original six issue graphic novel miniseries and are standalone. Welcome to Episode 5 of The Ghost Ship.
1: With Caitlin arrested on suspicion of kidnapping, those who would normally view the Boston Metaphysical Society team as one of their own now view them with distrust and betrayal. Samuel and Granville fear the worst when they arrive at the jail to attempt to bail her out.
2: Jailer. Mrs. Sullivan better not be injured. The girl's fine. She's got a few bumps and bruises, but she'll live. If she's not fine, I'll hold you personally responsible.
3: Miss O'Sullivan is a lady of great quality. She doesn't deserve to be in a dingy, drafty place like this.
2: Well, don't go getting into a snit. The way I hear it, you're lucky the police were there to stop the mob, giving her the beating she deserves.
3: Sir, I object to such aspersions on her character. She is innocent until proven guilty, and must be treated as such. Sure,
2: whatever you say. Here she is.
4: (gasps) Oh, Mr. Hunter, Mr. Woods.
2: Mrs. Sullivan, are you all right?
4: Aye, aye. But I fear Ma is going to hear about this and there'll be hell to pay.
2: We'll figure it out if or when it becomes a problem.
4: Samuel's
3: correct, Miss O'Sullivan. And since this is clearly a case of mistaken identity, we should have you out of here shortly.
4: Uh... There be a bit more to it than that.
2: Jailer, we wish to speak to Mrs. Sullivan alone. Mm, I don't know about that.
4: You ain't kin.
3: We're better. Miss O'Sullivan works for us and has been an exemplary employee for quite some time.
4: Hmm... I guess
2: it might be alright.
3: We've applied for her bail. Perhaps you can see if the paperwork is in order.
2: Alright, I suppose. But, uh... I'll have to lock you in. You do that. Shh. Granville... Is he gone?
3: Give it a second.
2: Yes, he's out of earshot. What do you have to say for yourself, Mrs. Sullivan?
4: Oh! The children be safe? Jimmy has them tucked away in a basement in the south side. I was on my way to tell you when Well, I was waylaid by three women and a man. They summoned the police and here I am.
3: Did you tell them about the children or
4: Jimmy? I might not be educated like you, Mr. Woods, but I'm not a nidget.
2: The children can't stay there.
4: They have to. If they leave, they'll hear the ghosts from the ship calling to them. And then we'll be having more than dead children on our hands.
3: Can Jimmy hear the spirits there?
4: No. No, it be something about the room. It blocks them.
3: Interesting. Hmm. Was there anything special about the room or the area that you can remember?
4: Uh, I heard... Water. Lots of it. The sewer runs nearby, and there'd be lots of old pipes in the walls.
5: Hmm.
2: What are you thinking, Granville?
3: I wonder if the lead in the pipes is working as a kind of psychic block or shield. It gives me an idea. Instead of trying to cover the ship, I could build a Faraday cage large enough to put the children in with the amount of electromagnetic netting I have now. I'll need a room large enough to set up the cage and for the children
2: to be comfortable. House Emerson. They'd have a room, I'm, I'm sure of it.
4: Aye, but how do we get the children there without them hanging at Jimmy? Or me?
2: Hmm. We'll need to make it look like you found the children with Jimmy's help. Turn villains into heroes. Precisely. The jailer's returning. Be careful what you say, Mrs. Sullivan, until we get you out.
4: Aye. I don't plan on being one of those ships lost, just when harbour
1: is in sight. After bailing Caitlin out of jail, Samuel and Granville put her in a carriage and send her back to the office with instructions not to go to Jimmy just yet. In the meantime, Samuel and Granville head to House Emerson, knowing it will take some doing to convince Charles Emerson of their plan.
6: Mr. Hunter, Mr. Woods, if you're here to beg me to drop the charges against your girl, leave now. I contend to prosecute her under the fullest extent of the law and beyond.
3: There's no need for that, sir. She's found the children. What?
6: Where are they?
2: They're safe, Emerson. Then why didn't she tell anyone? She feared for her safety as well as the children's. And I'm to take your word for it?
6: Yes. Hunter, I could have you and this so-called scientist arrested as accessories to kidnapping.
2: But you won't. You're
3: always so damn sure of yourself. Not this time. I'm calling the police. That would be counterproductive, since I know how to keep the children safe until we figure out how to stop the spirits or destroy the ship. Really?
6: And how much would this cost?
2: We're not trying to blackmail you, Emerson. Then answer the question. Tell him, Granville. The cost would be minimal,
3: as I have already built most of the electromagnetic netting we'll need. However, I will need more copper to construct a larger Faraday cage. But the metal required won't cost more than a few hundred dollars if we use outside labor to get it built as soon as possible. It will cost another couple hundred.
6: What are you talking about?
3: I propose we use one of the rooms on the ground floor of your home, large enough to house the three children, four including your granddaughter. We construct the Faraday cage within it and place the netting around it. We would have to switch out batteries on a regular basis to keep it powered, but I can train one of your men to do that. I've never heard of anything so preposterous.
2: How is Lizzie? Is she having nightmares? Have you had to tire to her bed to keep her from escaping or hurting herself?
6: Uh, how do you know? Who told you these things? I'll terminate their employment immediately.
2: She will escape, Emerson. And next time, we might not be there to keep her from boarding that ship. Damn you, Hunter. We know how to protect them. Let us do our
6: job. Under one condition. What? Once the children are safe inside this Faraday cage, your sole purpose in life will be to destroy that ship. Are we clear?
0: Perfectly.
1: After a long and frustrating day, Caitlin waits for Samuel and Granville back at the office. She pours over her photos, looking for any clue she might have missed. But with the images of the spirits now long gone, the pictures tell her nothing.
4: Oh. Oh, Mr. Hunter, you be back. Uh, Where's Mr. Woods?
2: Still at House Emerson.
4: Ah, so he agreed to your plan. That's good. Those children will need protection.
2: We still need to find the logbook. Aye.
4: It seems that be the only way we find out the truth about that ship. Mm. Destroying it may not be possible until we learn the why of it.
2: Do you think Jimmy could get on board or knows why this is happening?
4: I don't know. I never asked. But as far as him knowing what's going on... uh, No. I think he'd be as ignorant as us. But I think he's an important piece of the puzzle.
2: Like a linchpin?
4: (laughs) Aye. Like a linchpin.
2: Then we need to get him and the children to safety before Charles Emerson figures that out.
4: Oh, what now?
2: Longshoreman. I hired them to take Granville's Faraday cage, extra copper, and the netting over to House Emerson. Through that door, gentlemen. I'll be with you in a minute. Get your coat on and wait for me by my car.
4: Where might we be going?
2: To get the children.
4: (laughs) So the police can follow and arrest us and Jimmy to boot? They be lurking across the street waiting to follow us wherever we go.
2: Mrs. Sullivan,
4: I'm shocked
2: you think so little of me and my abilities. Of course I saw the police captain's men.
4: Shouldn't we be waiting at least till nightfall?
2: It will be, by the time we get wherever we're going.
4: I see you've been planning, Mr. Hunter. <laughs> but I think you better be getting in there before those blokes break anything else in and out Mr. Wood's workshop.
2: <sighs> I'll handle them. Just don't get arrested again before I'm done. Hey! No, 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 not that one. <laughs>
4: Just don't get arrested again, bloomin' men. (laughs) Always thinking I'm the cause of their troubles.
1: While Samuel arranges for the Faraday cage material to be sent to House Emerson, Granville has dived into the construction of a safe room for the children.
3: Move all the furniture out. We can put it back later if there's room. Mr. Woods, what the devil are you doing to my parlor? This is the perfect location for the Faraday cage. I've calculated the amount of space each child will need by the square footage required to install the apparatus. Will it be necessary to close the doors to this room or may we leave them open? What? I need to know what space is available for the batteries and any spares that I may require. Use whatever space you need to protect the children. Thank you. Mr. Emerson, may I use two of your footmen to assist me? It will make this go much faster. I'll have my house manager arrange that with you. Oh, it just occurred to me. I only calculated space for the beds and the easement between them. Is there something else I should consider? Toys. Toys? How many? As many
6: as they can carry. You don't have children, do you, Mr. Woods? No, sir, not yet. Marriage has eluded me thus far. That's an interesting way of putting it. Some men would envy you. Do you,
3: Mr. Emerson? That's a rather impertinent question. I did not get to where I am by avoiding questions and difficult truths, Mr. Emerson especially since I wake up to one every morning. Then what could that possibly be? I am a black man. Empirical evidence tells me that I live in a world controlled by white men. Therefore, reason dictates that I must live by your rules for now. I never took you for a revolutionary, Mr. Woods. The fact that you have allowed me to tear up your parlor based on my scientific and engineering knowledge says more about you than me, Mr. Emerson. I will do anything to save my granddaughter. Then why haven't you told Samuel the
6: truth about that ship? I see your metal tubing and netting has arrived. Mr. Emerson, why won't you answer my question? I will leave you to your job.
1: Samuel and Caitlin finally arrive at the Southside basement where the children are being kept, but not before having to run down several side streets, switch cars, and double back all to evade not only the police, but the two Pinkerton detectives following them, most likely hired by House Emerson.
4: I sent word to Ma that I had to work late.
2: <laughs> At some point, you need to tell her that you're working for me.
4: Oh, no. She'd, uh... She'd throw me out if she knew I'd taken over Da's position. Truth be told, she thinks you be the devil himself. And Da was your servant.
2: Right. I'm sorry, it has to be this way.
4: Never you mind. <laughs> Ooh, we be here follow me There be a lamp here somewhere Ah there I've got it I've got a match. Good. Here, let me lift the glass and you can light it. No. Ah. Come. It'd be this way. How
2: will Jimmy handle meeting me?
4: Oh, he wasn't keen on the idea. But I warmed him up to it.
2: So, he's about your age?
4: Oh, a year or two younger, maybe. He seems to be a good lad. Even with all that has happened to him.
2: I just. Don't want to fight on our hands.
5: Then you might not want to scare the children.
4: Jimmy! Is everything alright?
5: I, I've got soup into them. They were building forts with all the cushions and such the wharf ladies gave me, but fell asleep. Come on in. You must be Samuel Hunter.
2: Yes. Caitlin told me about how you've been taking care of the children of Houses Grey and Bartlett. Thank you.
5: I'm afraid others won't be as forgiving as my spiriting them away. No pun intended.
4: (laughs) You've been doing a fine job. But Mr. Hunter and Mr. Woods have figured out a better place for them to stay safe. How is that possible? Mr. Woods be a genius scientist and engineer. But he's too humble to admit it. Uh, Well,
2: no, he's not. But that's a subject for another discussion. (laughs) Jimmy, I'd like to know. How did you know which children to protect?
5: It's... Hard to explain. I heard. No, I felt the ship calling to them. It's like when you think you hear someone calling your name from far away, but it wasn't really you who they were calling
2: after all. Hmm. Are you sure about that?
4: What do you mean? Uh, I think he means the ship meant to call you. That you were part of its plan. How could a ship have a plan? Not the ship. The, the, the spirits. We think you might have had kin on, Bard.
2: Perhaps they were reaching out to you.
4: It's possible. But why not just speak to
5: me directly? I hear them well enough.
4: Do you, though? I thought so. Remember when you said, all the spirits of the library be overwhelming you, but you blocked them out? I had to. There were too many of them. Uh, uh, Jimmy, no one ever taught you had to separate them. To pick and choose who to listen to. I'll be
5: damned. I never thought about it that way.
2: So... You thought there was just an on and off switch?
4: I, I was lucky My dad taught me about these things. But you are no one. Will you teach me? I can try.
2: <clears throat> we'll have to save that for a later date. Right now, we need to get these children out of here and over to House Emerson.
5: Begging your pardon, but... I can't allow that, Mr. Hunter. Huh. As soon as those children leave here, those spirits will be luring them away. They'll fight and cause a ruckus.
4: A oh, Lord. I hadn't thought about that.
2: Then how did you get the children here?
5: One at a time. I can't protect
4: all three at once. I can help. How? Uh, we built that brick wall you talked about. You know, the one in our mind, but together. We imagine it surrounding the children and ourselves.
2: You mean like a shield, or... Barrier.
4: I. Um, I don't know.
2: She's been doing this a lot longer than you have, son. Listen to her.
5: You promise they'll be safe at House Emerson?
2: Yes. I promise.
4: Don't worry, Jimmy. Mr. Woods is building a room right now to keep them safe. Well,
5: okay. How do we start? Should we wake the children?
2: No. It'll be easier to carry them if they're asleep. And I have a car waiting outside.
4: Take my hand. Oh, they're so warm.
5: (laughs) Ma used to say I was a walking furnace.
2: (laughs) Can we move along, Mrs. Sullivan?
4: Yes, Mr. Hunter. Now, Jimmy, close your eyes and imagine one of those bricks you talked about.
5: Eyes closed. Thinking
4: about a brick. Now, in your mind's eye, imagine me putting a brick on top of that. I... I... Breathe.
5: Concentrate.
4: Wait. I... See... I see your hand on the brick. Good. Now, put a brick on top of that one. I see it! Uh, Keep your eyes closed until I tell you. Sorry. Eyes closed. We keep building until I say stop, All right. Aye.
2: I'll get blankets for the children.
4: That'd be a good idea, Mr. Hunter. Give us a few minutes and we'll be ready to go. Get ready to drive fast. I don't know how long we'll be able to hold off these bloomin' spirits.
2: Got it.
1: After Caitlin and Jimmy shield the children with a psychic wall to keep out the spirits from the ghost ship, they bundle them up and head to the car. Samuel breaks numerous speed laws as he careens through the south side, through the middle district, and into the area known as Beacon Hill home to Boston's great houses and specifically House Emerson. When they arrive, the house is a flurry of activity.
3: No, young man. We need the netting over the Faraday cage, not inside it. And we need one more bed. Samuel, Miss O'Sullivan. You've brought the children, excellent. And this must be Jimmy McLaren. Pleased to meet you.
5: Yes, sir. But excuse me if we don't shake hands. They'd be rather full with a spare.
2: Yes, of course. Is the room ready?
3: Almost. We're putting the electromagnetic netting over the cage now. I just have to hook the batteries up to it. Uh,
4: Please be quick about it, Mr. Woods. I don't think we can hold out much longer. What
3: in the Mm. devil is going on? Both you and Mr. McLaren look deathly pale.
4: Oh, we were holding off the spirits with a psychic wall. I could feel them beating against it. Like a hundred hammers. I I think I'm gonna be sick.
3: Bring the children into the room while I hook up the battery. (sighs) Everyone out and stand away. I need to move the battery car
2: closer
4: Mr. Woods? Oh, the spirits be angry and... Oh, I'm so tired.
2: You have to wait for Lizzie. Where's Emerson? Behind you. And I've got her. There you go, dear
3: heart. Stay put. I'll be right outside the room if you need me. Mr. Emerson, please move. I need to shut the Faraday cage door.
4: Uh, Mr. Woods the children are trying to escape
3: turning on the battery in three two one Miss O'Sullivan mr. McLaren. They're safe now. You can drop your psychic shield.
4: Uh, oh, Oh My poor head. Oh, I feel so dizzy.
2: Please sit mrs. Sullivan Someone get her some water.
5: Oh, I'm definitely going to be sick
6: I demand to know where these children have been kept.
2: That's not important. The
6: hell it isn't.
5: You! (laughs) Let go of me!
6: I will not. You look exactly like the boy my Lizzie saw. The police have already
2: been called to arrest you. Mm, No, he saved your granddaughter and these children from certain death.
6: Nonsense, he probably planned on blackmailing me. And that girl of yours was in on it all this time, wasn't she? (sighs) Which means you
3: were too. Mr. Emerson, this is uncalled for. Emerson,
2: look at your granddaughter. Look at all of them. They have stopped crying. My angel. she
6: stopped clawing at her arms, and she's sleeping.
3: The cage and the netting will keep them safe for the time being. There is the larger problem of the ship
2: and how to destroy it. It's not over yet. The time has come for you to tell us what you know about the ship, Emerson.
6: Well, thank you for saving them, but you need to leave now before I have you all arrested. Someone has to monitor the Faraday cage and change out the batteries teach my house manager, and two others on my household staff. Then go. As you wish. What about Jimmy? Take it up with the magistrate, but he will be arrested. Oh,
4: hi. What? No!
2: That's not right, Emerson, and you know it.
3: And we still need to discuss how to destroy
6: the ship. There is no need. I've found someone else who is better suited to the task and doesn't waste my time with questions. Who? He and Mr. Woods are uh, acquainted. We
3: are, I believe you know, Thomas Edison. Hello, Granville. I see once again I'm here to clean up your mess.
0: End of Episode 5. Stay tuned for Episode 6 of The Ghost Ship. Thank you for listening to Boston Metaphysical Society The Ghost Ship This production was created Written and produced By Madeline Holly Rosing Script editor Eddie Louise Composer, director And audio engineer Chip Michael Executive producers Madeline Holly Rosing And Michael Hemrick Our cast Samuel Hunter Played by Ryan Philbrook Caitlin O'Sullivan Played by Emily C.A. Snyder Granville T. Woods Played by Martin Davis Charles Emerson Played by Boyd Barrett Jimmy McLaren, played by Ryan Hoyle. Thomas Edison, played by H.B. Gibson. Harbormaster, played by Rob Davis. Eddie O'Rourke, played by David Tilstra. Police Captain, played by Odd Andrews. Longshoreman, played by Ryan Hoyle. Lizzie, played by Bennett Cousins. Policeman, footman, jailer, and sergeant, played by Alex Ross. Nanny, and angry woman, played by Fiona Thrale; Messenger, played by Tal Narrated by Kirsten Udowitz. I am Chip Michael, your announcer. Thank you again for listening. Please look for future seasons of Boston Metaphysical Society on Kickstarter and streaming platforms. Boston Metaphysical Society is a registered trademark of Madeline Holly Rosing and is operated under Queen of Mercia, LLC.